For KBUT, I'm Chad Rich. E-bikes are a newer and growing category of recreation. They're regular bicycles, but with electronically powered motors that can either engage when a rider pedals, or they can simply power the bike forward. Where they are allowed and not allowed is a topic of conversation in the cycling world. Tim Kugler is the executive director of Gunnison Trails. You know, we're going to follow whatever the the BLM or or U.S. Forest Service guidelines are regarding e-bike, where they're allowed and and where they're not. And and right now they're just treated as motorized. So again, for, for us, that's that's worked out fine for our areas. Since e-bikes are viewed as motors, they're allowed on almost all of the Hartman Rocks trails and all of the trails designated for motorized use in the National Forest. But it excludes non-motorized trails like 401, the Lower Loop, and Baxter Gulch. E-bikes are, however, allowed on the rec path between Crested Butte and Mount Crested Butte, which is a non-motorized trail. Local control is given to cities and towns in Colorado to determine which municipal paths allow e-bikes. Kugler says that e-bikes get people into the backcountry, and sometimes they need the e-bike for the experience, and that can be good. Or sometimes people on e-bikes can get in over their heads and end up on trails they can't handle in the first place. Then if the e-drive runs out of a battery charge, the user is stuck with a 50-plus pound bike much further away from their car or from help than they probably should be. Another user group that potentially couldn't get there just under their muscle power, their human power, as a lot of non-motorized groups like to throw around those words. But I think with that comes just as you're opening up a a whole area to to more users, you can look at the north end of the valley here in Gunnison, and right now we're being, you know, quote-unquote loved to death, and we're just trying to deal with that many more users on public lands, and, and now along comes, you know, yet another device that allows that many more people to access an area. So... I, I do think what we're going to start seeing is just more, not so much user conflict, but, you know, places that maybe you used to be able to go to in 15, 15 years ago and you'd have it all to yourself. There's now that many more opportunities for, for people to be able to easily access these otherwise hard-to-reach places. Excluding e-bikes from non-motorized trails would, in theory, exclude hand cycles with an e-drive from those trails. To learn about how federal agencies view e-bikes, I spoke with someone at the Forest Service who believes that hand cycles with e-drives actually are allowed on non-motorized trails, in accordance with the Americans with Disabilities Act. It allows people who need hand cycles and e-drives to access public lands. This person spoke in support of electronically driven hand cycles on all trails in the National Forest, even wilderness, saying it's the minimum amount of technology needed for some people to access these public lands. Not all e-bikes are the same. They come in three categories. First is Class 1, where an electric motor assists a rider when they're pedaling, and it shuts off at 20 miles an hour. Class 2 e-bikes provide electric assistance whether the rider is pedaling or not, and they shut off at 20 miles per hour. And Class 3 is like Class 2, but it cuts off at 28 miles per hour. E-bikes will certainly become more present in the Gunnison Valley and all of Colorado in 2018. How they'll be managed is still up in the air. For KBUT, I'm Chad Rich.